Hi there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Talking Dead. This is episode number 23 for September 20th, 2010. Thank you so much for joining us. It's wonderful to have you back, and we appreciate that you listen. On the program tonight, we have a very special guest. She is an actress from The Walking Dead TV show. You might know her, or you will know her when the show is on as Bicycle Girl. We have Melissa Cowan. Melissa, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. I meant to ask you, is it Cowan or Cohen? Oh, Cowan. You said it correct. Oh, great. Good. I didn't want to get it wrong. Um, so thank, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we just hope to get a little bit of insight about you and, and your experience on the show and, and sort of what you went through while you were uh, you know, getting the makeup and on set and all that kind of stuff. But before we do that, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about yourself and, and who you are, how you got into the business and what kind of things you've been doing up until now? Um, well, I'm 29, married with two kids, and I've only been acting for about a year and a half, two years now, and I was in HR um, for about five and a half years. I quit my job and just kind of started this board, wanted to get out of the house and thought it would be cool to, you know, see how movies were made and stuff like that. So the first movie I did was, you know, as an extra in Halloween 2. So I've been pretty much doing it, not full-time or part-time, but, you know, probably two or three days a week since then. And the um, people that I did a lot of extra work for and a few other featured roles for were um, doing the extra zombies for The Walking Dead. And Frank had told them that, you know, they were looking for someone small and et cetera. So this all just kind of happened really fast. Um, this um, I've done other stuff like The Vampire Diaries. I was a vampire in that show, but it was more of just an extra vampire Nothing, you know, a big role, no speaking or anything like that. So this has just been going on for me for about two years. That's that's cool. The Vampire uh, Diaries shoots in Atlanta as well, right? That's correct. That's pretty cool. It's 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 neat that you've done two. Uh, well, now you've done these two two really really. Well, The Vampire Diaries is a, is a big show, and The Walking Dead, of course, we hope will be a big <laughs> show. <hope> so <laughs> oh, it will be. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure. Um, so, were you familiar with? the the comic before you got the call to be on the show had you read any of it i've heard of it but never read it or anything like that but have heard of it i actually had some friends that were into it but my myself i've never really got into it or read it to be honest and you haven't but now i love it I, most of them and yeah i'm kind of so glad that i didn't read it before because i was really missing out the whole time <laughs> it's it's a pretty popular book. It's been around for a long time. So, um, yeah, I know, and that's what makes it great. Oh, absolutely. Are you you're going to continue reading it and stay up to date and oh, see where it goes? Definitely, hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Uh, nothing. I didn't say anything. Oh. <laughs> so w to get involved with the show, you said you had some friends who were were doing some extra work. Did you have to audition, or did you have to meet with anybody and sh sort of show them what you could do as a zombie? Well, I originally just sent in some pictures, and then about two weeks later, I did go in for an audition and interview with Frank. Oh, cool. How did how, what was that like? What was he like? Oh, he was really nice, down-to-earth, 
very, very nice and humble, explained everything. He was a very genuine person, very, very nice. That's he, you know, you know, sometimes you meet people and you get intimidated or anything like that. As soon as I met him, everything went away. And it was almost just like talking to someone I had known for a while. That's... He gives you that, you know, ease and peace. Well, that's really cool. He does seem like oh, a yes. nice guy, although we, of course, have never interacted with him. Were you familiar with his with his other work? Like, had you seen Shawshank Redemption or The Green Mile or any of that stuff? Yes, and The Green Mile is actually my favorite movie, so I was very familiar with most of his work, yes. A big fan. That's great. So it must have been exciting to to meet him, for sure. Oh, yeah, I was, I was excited. I was almost like a little kid. And then when I met him, it was, just, it was very, very nice and almost surreal that, <laughs> you know, I was able to meet him and talk to him personally. And, you know, to be able to work with him is an honor, I think. And for him to handpick me out of several people, you know, of course, that made me feel really good and special. Cool. So what's a, was it just an interview or was, what's a zombie audition like? Did you have to, you know, do the walk or <laughs> do anything like that? For the initial interview, um, we talked. We talked, like, some of the stuff that was required to do in the scene, which I can't really go into detail about. We just made sure that I'd physically be able to do that and, you know, make sure that my look matched what he was looking for. And I didn't have to read any lines or anything like that because, obviously, zombies don't talk. (laughs) Um, But after that, when we went to zombie school and stuff like that, we did have to do some of the walk and some of the training on how they would like us to be as zombies. That sounds fun. Tell us a little bit more about zombie school. How many of you were there there, and was it just all walking and moaning and stuff like that? Um, basically, a little bit more into it. They had a particular um, image or a certain way that they wanted it to come across, so they went, you know, went over it with us and showed us some moves, and you know, we kind of did a lot of improv and stuff like that. And uh, the class, I think there might have been maybe thirty people in each class, and from our understanding. I think they had maybe five classes, maybe more. I don't know the exact number. But I'm thinking maybe total 150 or 200. Wow. But that's just a guess on my end. Wow, there's there's lots. We know that there's some scenes that we've seen in the trailer and things like that where there's at least 150 zombies involved. Oh, yeah. Are, uh, can you tell us if you're in that crowd as well? Do you play any other zombies on the show? Um, I will say yes. You will see a familiar face in a few of the other scenes. <laughs> All right. Not as the bicycle girl, but yes. And actually, um, if you look closely on some of the pictures on amctv.com, if um, you know what I look like and all that, you may be able to spot me, yes. Cool. So you're in, you're in the whole thing then. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. 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 I'll definitely Certain be... Uh... people that had the look and the, the walk down and all that, they were able to, you know, do a little bit more with. I'll definitely be able to uh, be looking at those pictures to see if I can spot you. It's like finding where's Waldo. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> so the makeup you had to wear for Bicycle Girl, I mean, we all saw the video. It was pretty extensive. Um, and it, it involved makeup, of course, and prosthetics as well, if I, if I understand correctly. That's um, correct. It, it, looked, it looked heavy. Was it heavy to wear all that stuff? Yeah, well, originally... You get it seems that way, but after maybe an hour in it, it's very lightweight. It's not your typical mask or prosthetics that you would buy at Walmart or you know another store like that that seems kind of heavy. It was actually lightweight, and I wore it um, from the time they put it on until we wrapped that day for maybe ten hours, and 
I, I didn't feel like I was getting weighed down or anything like that. It was nothing compared to getting the body cast to get the, the pieces special fitted because obviously that was real heavy. Um, so I wouldn't say it was heavy or uncomfortable or anything like that. How much uh, preparation did you have to go through before the actual day of makeup and shooting? You, you mentioned the body cast. Was there anything else you had to get done or prepare for? Well, we, well I flew to L.A. after the interview with um, Mr. Frank, and we you know, did the whole body cast, which is my face, stomach, and back. Then also had to go through an ophthalmologist because they special-fitted contacts that were just made for my eyes. And they also... Um, custom created some dentures that would go in my mouth <laughs> wow and then wow. after all the pieces were made and came back i went um, for a few makeup tests and just to make sure the pieces fit correctly wow so it was a well obviously a complete transformation of you from teeth to everything oh 100 percent. that's amazing did, yes. did you get to keep the uh, the contact lenses not yet. We've talked about it. I, I do have a set of the dentures that I wore on the show, yes. But as far as the contacts, I've asked about it, and we've talked about it, but they, I haven't been given them yet. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make for a great Halloween costume anyways. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how long were you in the chair when you were actually getting the makeup done? I think it was the video um, says about three and a half hours. But we took some breaks um, throughout that. So if you not do not count the breaks, I would say maybe four or five hours. And then that was to get it put on. It took about another two or three hours to take it off. I wanted to ask about that, taking it off. It just sort of peels off and washes out and that's it? Kind of. Um, <laughs> taking it off to me was more painful than getting it put on because you have all the glue. It's, and I should have shaved my arm hairs. Or you know before, but I didn't even think about it. So the glue and the Yeesh. all of the adhesive was sticking to the arm hairs, and it just felt like you were pulling band aids off every part of your body that was covered. Oh man! <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, no <laughs> torture. That sounds painful. Um, <laughs> we were jokingly talking the other day how funny it would be if you decided to wear the makeup home and scare people on the bus or whatever, however you <laughs> on the plane you, on the plane or whatever. Yeah. Uh, were you ever tempted to do that? <laughs> um, I wanted to with like the face and stuff, but obviously for like safety reasons and stuff like that, we couldn't. <laughs> but I was able to one time wear a prosthetic piece that was on my arm, and I came home and we had shot really late that night, and um, the, I had accidentally woke the kids up when I got home, <laughs> and I had told them I got hurt that day at work and I got burnt really bad and had to go to the hospital, and until the next morning, they really thought. I had gotten hurt and was trying to put Band-Aids and Neosporin on it, things like that. And then, you know, the next morning, they can kind of tell it was fake. That was real fun because they totally believed it. And, it, you know, because it looks, even in person, it looks really, really real. I mean, the, the people that did the makeup did a great job. How many people were working on you the whole time? For the Bicycle Girl? I yeah. think altogether there was probably maybe six or seven Wow. And then you have your lens technician and, you know, other people as well. Wow, six or seven people, and it still took uh, three to five hours or so to get to get put on. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine what it would take if there was just one or two people. <laughs> You'd be there for 10 hours instead of shooting for 10 hours. Yep. <laughs> um, so you mentioned you were on set just for the one day as, as Bicycle Girl. Let's... 
can we let's try to talk about the scene a little bit it's a it's a pivotal scene of course in the graphic novel where Rick comes across you on the or your character on the side of the road and uh essentially kills you by putting you out of your misery that's what happens in the graphic novel and uh, I won't ask you if that's exactly what happens in the show because I'm going to assume it does <laughs> Um, but what was it like? Was Frank Darabont there directing you? Did you sort of have to take instruction, or, or did you kind of just know what to do? Um, at that point, I had read the comic, and then also Frank was there, and he was very hands-on to the point where he would even get on the ground, and, you know, we'd, we'd collaborate together, and, I mean, yeah, he was very hands-on, and um, it wasn't that far of a stretch after reading the graphic novel to kind of figure out what to do. But um, he he's a very good director. He was very hands-on. After, you know, after all the movies I've done in the past year and a half, he as far as my experience, he is the director that would get there and literally put himself in your shoes for a few minutes and show you what he wants. So there was no miscommunication or guessing. Were you able to talk? He made it very easy. It just occurred to me, were you able to talk really well with the like the, the teeth on and stuff like that? Um, it kind of sounded like maybe a baby trying to talk, <laughs> but the teeth were very easy to take in and out. Oh, it just good. depends on if the makeup guys were around, because I don't know if you heard in the video, the teeth actually, there's a teeth that would actually go over my lips. Right. So it was somewhat difficult, but not to the point where you couldn't understand it. Cool. Um, what about Robert Kirkman? Have you met him? Was he on set? Um, I have met him a few times, yes. Is he, I mean, everything we've seen indicates that he's just super excited about this and is, is really, really looking for, or really excited about how well the show is coming together. Is he just sort of running around in circles, you know, jubilant the whole time while he's there? <laughs> well, the few times that I met him, it was no more than a few, you know, minutes each time. So I can't speak for the whole experience, but from what I saw, he was actually really calm you could see the look in his eyes that he was amazed and very happy with the way things were turning out. And I know a few conversations that we had, you could just see it in his eyes that uh, it was almost like a kid at Christmas that got everything and plus more that they wanted. Um, but like as far as like running around in circles, kind of crazy and excited, I never saw that part. But I don't you know, know if that didn't happen or not. Yeah, I was just, uh, he seems like a pretty calm guy, even though he's obviously excited about this. So I don't imagine he'd be like that. I just thought if I was, if I were him and I was there and, you know, this was all happening, I'd be really, really happy about it. So it's, oh, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool to hear that he's around, though, and he's just sort of involved, you know, in the making yeah, of this. He was very involved and, you know, say what he wanted and they would collaborate. Um, so, yeah, he was very much involved. And I think him and Frank did a very good job working together. Absolutely. As far as getting the vision that they both wanted across. Yeah, and 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 um, Robert Kirkman wrote uh, episode four too, so he's he's even involved, you know, on that level with the show. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's chat about your scene a little bit more, if we can. We've seen in the trailer um, you kind of lying on the ground, reaching towards the camera, and of course, there's a the uh, the press shot of you. You're reaching towards the camera as well. In the trailer, it looks like your legs are missing or are sort of in, you know, pretty bad shape. Is that a, a digital effect or a practical effect? Were your legs down in a hole or something like that? Can you tell us how they did um, that? 
th- that was done with CGI. I had to wear, you know, like normally when they do a lot of CGI stuff, they would do it with the green screen. Right. Well, because we were on the grass and the grass was green, they <laughs> actually had some tights that were custom made that were blue. And they were able to um, CGI, which is a type of computer software editing, and they were able to, you know, get that across that the legs were gone or barely there or withering away. Yeah, well, it was pretty gross looking, but <laughs> really, really effective, too. Oh, yeah, for seeing it. Because, you know, of course, when we were filming, I had my legs and, you know, the stuff that I was that I, having to do in the scenes, you know, I was having to make sure I was aware not to use my legs. Mm-hmm. Um, but after seeing the pictures without my legs, it's almost hard to believe that we did the scenes with, you know, actually having legs, of course. <laughs> yeah, well. Very talented people. Absolutely. I, I I thought that myself. I mean, it really, really looks realistic from a makeup perspective and, and obviously a, a, a CGI, you know, perspective. It just looks absolutely amazing. Um, do you have any lines on the show? Do you make zombie noises or did the, did you get any instruction there um as far as lines no um maybe like grunts and moans yeah that's what i'm but thinking is lines yeah <laughs> oh yeah maybe a few just in different scenes where certain things are happening sure okay well yeah. i mean that's so, it's cool i'm trying not to say too much <laughs> no i i understand um so what, what was your favorite part about being on set I'm sorry, what'd you say? What was your favorite part about being on set for the day? Um, just the 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 people I met and the the friendships that were made and just the whole experience and the, you, I mean, the when we filmed that there was so much excitement on set. I mean from everybody, from camera to crew to passer buyers to, you know, the PAs. And just to be a part of that and be that person just made the whole experience like it's kind of like the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. And you know, going through the whole makeup process and working that closely with Frank, because you know, like a lot of times, if you're just an extra or a background, you don't necessarily work one on one with the director. And to be able to do that with Frank Darabont and it's just, you know, unbelievable. Well, you're not and just then, an you know, extra. A, oh, no, 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 <laughs> not in The Walking Dead, no. <laughs> just I have done that in the past, so trying to compare that to, you know, stuff that was done in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have you have a very important role, of course. You're the first. Oh, yeah. You're the real, the, really the first, the first zombie that our main character interacts with in any way, so you're pivotal, I would say. Right, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and there's other stuff I'll be doing as well, um, not necessarily for The Walking Dead, but some other shows and movies um, that people will be able to see me in more of a main character or co-star with lines and a more of a, you know, kind of like the, this zombie, the bicycle girl. People get to see me in. It's not just someone in the background or, you know, someone that's only seen for five or ten minutes in the movie. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about what else uh, you have coming up and where, where people can find you in what other productions? Well, at this point, uh, we're still trying to get paperwork and stuff like that finalized, but as soon as I'm able to release that information, you'll be the first people I'll let know. Oh, great. That'd be great. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be very, very soon within the next week or two. Sure. 
Well, uh, you know, we wish you all the best and hope everything does uh, go really well. Do you have plans on Halloween to watch the premiere, or will you be busy trick-or-treating and whatnot with uh, your family? I will be, obviously. You know, having a six- and three-year-old, I will be doing the trick-or-treating, you know, stuff. But I will be home by 10 o'clock to watch it. And I've been invited to a few parties um, for, like, premiere parties and stuff. So it's just trying to figure out what's best for me and my family, because I can't miss, you know, Halloween with the kids, but at the same time, I'm going to make this Halloween work for all of us, the kids and myself. Well, that's that sounds great. Maybe you can all dress up as zombies. That, that's what I'm <laughs> see. My six-year-old, she's really into zombies now, and she's actually looked at the comic with me and stuff like that, so we'll probably go like a zombie family. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a ton of fun. I want to do that too, but my kids are a little bit younger and not so... Uh, not so into it or appropriate for them yet, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on and giving us a little bit of insight into uh, into what it was like on the day and so on. And we'd love to have you on again in the future, maybe after the show has, has aired and we've you know seen your scenes in all their glory, and you can tell us a little bit more about it. Uh, definitely. That would be awesome. Cool. Um, it just... So before we go, is there anywhere online that you want to direct people to that they can find out more about you or just information about what you're doing? Well, I do have the uh, Facebook page, which is Melissa Cowan, and it has the default picture as the zombie. And then I do have a website that will be launching by the end of next week, which is melissadcowan.com. And then also just want to mention that I will be um, at the Spooky Empire Convention in Orlando, Florida from October 5th through the 8th. And then I'll also be at Rock and Shock as well in Boston. Cool, you're getting around. Oh yeah, and there's a bunch of other stuff that we're getting, you know, finalized as well, which they will be released on the fan page and the website as well about appearances and different events that I'll be attending. Well, right on. We we imagine. I'm sure that lots of people will be, you know, f- learning your name soon and and showing up to these events to. Uh, to meet you and get autographs and, and somewhat. If you're ever up this way, we're in, you know, southern Ontario in Canada, we'd be happy to come to a come to a uh, an event or something like that. And there's something in Canada that someone has um, talked to me about, so that might be a possibility, but I think it was sometime in 2011. All right. So that's a possibility. And then also there's a... Um, a magazine that's called Barely Rotten, and they're coming out with a special edition that's called Barely Rotten Girls, and I'll actually be going to New Orleans hopefully in the next week or so um, to do a photo shoot with them, and I'll have an interview and everything in that magazine as well. So it's really good uh, material. You can also go to their website or check them out on Facebook, and I think a lot of people that are into the whole zombie type thing totally dig this Barely Rotten um, Girls uh, project that they're working on. It's going to be very, very big. Sounds exciting. <laughs> Barely rotten girls. Jason, those are your favorite kind. For sure, they? yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, Melissa. It was great talking to you, and uh, we do hope to have you on again sometime. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. You have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we'll move right along with uh, with some Walking Dead news this week, as we always do. The first item I have here, Jason, is an interview with Frank Darabont and Greg Nicotero about the effects in the Walking Dead. Of course, um, I have a couple of long, oh, sorry, a couple of long uh, pull quotes from this one. Um, Greg Nicotero says, "One of the things that George never had to worry about 
referring to George A. Romero, in Dawn of the Dead, was you could strap a squib on an extra and nobody ever cared. Now, a squib, do you know what that is? I do know what a squib is. Explain to the people what a squib is. Well, it's a little, uh, it's a sack filled with uh, fake blood, not real blood. And uh, when uh, they pull the trigger or press a button, a little tiny explosive explodes and splurts the blood out through the shirt. And it looks like uh, you either got shot or stabbed or something. So it's a small explosive that they attach to somebody. Yeah. So... uh, he goes on to say, you have you have an extra walking through the Monroeville Mall. Boom, shoot him, and they would drop. So, of course, the law has changed, and now it has to be a stunt person. So, Well, they are explosives. Well, sure. One of the things we came up with was this little rig that we could strap on any of the extras that was a good exit wound blood spray. And it was one of those things where it's not an explosive, so we don't have to worry about hurting anybody. It's safe. We came up with this little rig that basically runs a big tube off the little foot pedal, off a little foot pedal. The zombie would walk up, and you'd step on the thing, and blood would shoot out, and it worked really well. So <laughs> they don't have to blow anybody up, no and explosives? they can still have yeah. blood squirting all over lots the place. Lots and lots of blood. It's very exciting. Frank Darabont, in the same interview, said, um, to me, talking about what the zombies represent, he said, to me, they're just dead people walking around. <laughs> I mean, of course, they're metaphorical, not to be glib about the answer. Of course they are, but it feels to me like those metaphors have been covered by other filmmakers. The giants upon whose shoulders we stand. They've kind of laid those metaphors out through decades of these films, particularly George Romero. I don't know that I'm going to bring anything new to those metaphors as a filmmaker, so my focus is really on the human part of the story. Now, of course, we all know that The Walking Dead is a very, very human story. Um, Is it a good thing or a bad thing that Frank isn't trying to go too uh, far with some of the zombie metaphors and meanings. I think it's a good thing. I think the uh, the zombie metaphors, like uh, George Romero does that uh, quite a bit. And, you know, each of his movies is essentially a metaphor for some kind of uh, something in society. It can be racism. It can be consumerism. Exactly. It can be anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice because this uh, story isn't necessarily a metaphor for something else. It's a story of survival and a story of... Uh, humanity and what people have to do to survive in a complete collapse of society. So uh, it's not really about the zombies. So the zombies, I don't think, need to be a metaphor for anything. They need to be the, uh, the antagonist uh, to facilitate the, you know, the complete collapse of society and the forcing of these people to do, uh, well, despicable things in order to survive. <laughs> of course. Related to that is the next news item. Um, Frank was also interviewed by the L.A. Times, And he says, there's a sense of doom setting into our species because clearly what we have built here is not sustainable as a civilization. And we're all starting to get the idea that the fish tank has been poisoned and sooner or later, all of us little fishes are going to float belly up if we don't do something about it. Um, Darabont says, even people who generally don't stop and think about these things are starting to understand that we are facing some species-threatening problems. He goes on to say, he's quick, uh, he goes on, he's... He's quick to add that he has no intention of using The Walking Dead to flog viewers over the head with weighty messages about the end of the world. He's simply looking to satisfy his urge to play in the zombie sandbox. Sounds like fun. Yeah, he's kind of repeated himself there that uh, he doesn't want to get too heavy with the meaning of the zombies. He just wants to have some fun, kill them, and focus on our living characters. Well, I'm not sure that in the graphic novel that the zombies necessarily are a metaphor for anything either. They're, again, just the, the... antagonist for the for the main characters 
and and that works because it's not about the zombies. Right. Right. So it's it's interesting. It hadn't really occurred to me before that most uh, that in this case the zombies really are just there as as a threat, and and you know they aren't really being used to push a message, which is which is okay, which is okay. All the drama and the message we get comes from the interaction and how the uh, living characters um, react to their scenario. Right. It's exciting. And the uh, <clears throat> colossal amount of stress that they're under <laughs> constantly. That would, you know, that would screw up anybody. It sure would. Um, AMC released a fifth TV spot last week. There was no new footage in it, so it wasn't too exciting, but it really focused on Rick arriving in, Atl- arriving in Atlanta with the same voiceover we've heard of he's just a guy looking for his wife and family and anybody who gets in my way is going to lose. They sure are. Yeah. So uh-huh. the reason I bring that up is just that, uh, you know, there, there, there seems to be, at this rate, there's been about a TV spot per week uh, since filming um, wrapped up. Well, they can't keep that up. No, probably not. But they're pushing it pretty heavily, you know. Yeah. The, the Walking Dead is all over the place. It's on TV. It's uh, in print. It's in fe- going to be featured in tons of magazines coming up soon. So there's going to be no shortage of... Um, Walking Dead publicity. That's true. There might not be a lot of new news. That's definitely slowing down a little bit. But I think we're going to get a bit of a lull for the rest of September and the first half of October as far as uh, the trailers go and, uh, you know, the hype and publicity. And I think they're really going to push the last two weeks are going to be insane. Yeah. Well, probably the last two weeks leading right up to the premiere. Zombies on buses, zombies on billboards, zombies on your phone. It's going to be everywhere. (laughs) Zombies on your TV and on your radio. Everywhere. Radio's kind of hard. Kind of hard. Zombies are very visual. Well, they are. So are vampires, really. They're not really as scary when you only can hear them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Well, vampires sound like humans, so what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm going to suck your blood. Kind of cliche. Big deal. Um, Finally, in the news this week, Variety did a profile on Andrew Lincoln. And uh, from what I could read, it was just kind of a fun get-to-know-him type thing. His real last name is Clutterbuck. That's a good name. Andrew Clutterbuck. There's some good names out there, my friend. Apparently, his agent said, you can't use that name in Hollywood. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I have a friend uh, <laughs> whose last name is Wigglesworth. What, would you use that name in Hollywood? He uh, he called himself, uh, well, I won't give out his first name, but uh, he used his last initial a lot instead of using his whole Wigglesworth. I had a teacher. My grade 7 teacher was Mr. Hornblower. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good names out there. There are some good names. Lincoln is a good American name, though. It really is. <laughs> he went for he went for the American recognition there. You could have gone say. with uh, well, Andrew Johnson is a president. Was, he could have gone with Andrew Washington, and there would have yeah. been no question about his intentions then. That's right. <laughs> but Andrew Lincoln is a good name. That's good what name. we know him as, and that's what we will be calling him, uh, unless we ever interview him, and then I'll say you're Mr. Clutterbuck. Andrew Clinton would probably not work so well. <laughs> he might have. There might be some negative connotation attached to Carter that. Carter could work. Andrew Carter. I don't know. I think Lincoln is the right choice overall. Yeah, of course. But here we are, a couple of Canadians commenting on American president presidential names. So yeah. what do we know? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Andrew McKenzie, if he was going for the Canadian equivalent. That'd be good. Why not? Um, he goes on in the, in the profile to talk a little bit about how he got the role. And he says, I'm absolutely convinced I got this gig because I hadn't slept in two weeks. He, cheerf- he cheerfully recalls of the long late nights with a newborn. He says, I looked apocalyptic and gaunt. I was very zombie chic. 
Darabont must have thought, this guy's the real deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what that's like. I've had two newborns in my life, and sometimes you don't sleep for a long time. Sometimes and you feel like a zombie. You feel like a zombie, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's it for the news. Short one this week. As you said, news is slowing down a little bit, and we got to find something to talk about for the next month and a half. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We do have something exciting to talk about right now. We though. sure do. Jason, why don't you tell the folks what I'm referring to? We have, uh, as of uh, yesterday or the day before, launched a contest to win Dead Rising 2 uh, on the Xbox 360. That is a popular zombie-related video game. It is. I call it Zombie Mall. Mm-hmm. Well, the first one was Zombie Mall. This will be Zombie Vegas. Right. Only I'm not allowed to call it Vegas because that's copywritten. <laughs> Does the, wait a minute. Does the game actually, does it take place in Las Vegas or does it take place in a fictional Las Vegas? It takes place in a fictional Las Vegas. Got it. Called, uh, it's not Liberty City. It's, uh, oh, someone help me out here. I don't know. You're the only someone around, so it's called like Gamble City. I'm going to have to look it up later, but uh, it's set in a fictional, fictionally named Las Vegas and not actually Las Vegas. But uh, we're going to give that away to one of uh, our Twitter followers. Who uh, tweet the following uh, following message that I can't remember? Well, that's okay. If you go to talkingdeadpodcast.com and click on Win Dead Rising Two, all the information you need right there. Uh, all the information you need is right there. So, um, what you have to do is follow at Talking Dead on Twitter and then tweet the message as outlined on that page, and you will automatically be entered to win the contest. Yeah, to win the prize. We are going to pick uh, one winner from a random list of uh, followers that tweeted that message. Mm -hmm. And then we will send you a copy of Dead Rising 2 for the Xbox 360. It's very, very exciting. Um, Please note... Zombrex edition. The Zombrex edition. Sorry, not just Dead Rising 2, but Dead Rising 2 Zombrex edition. And that comes with some extra stuff, right? Some extra stuff like a needle full of Zombrex. (laughs) uh, Not actually a needle. And a booklet and some other stuff. That's cool. And the game. We should point out that it is a North American version of the game, NTSC. So if you are in Europe or anywhere else in the world, um, you can win, and we'll work something out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, you so will not you be disappointed. No, you will not. Um, so there you go, our very first contest and giveaway. Hopefully lots of people enter, and uh, you know, good luck to everybody. We have some entries already. Yeah, and this is before we've even announced it. But that's well, on okay. the show, I mean, we announced it on the site. We announced yeah. it. Uh, I, you know, tweeted about it a couple of times. That kind of good stuff. Good. So let's keep them coming, and uh, good luck to you all. And we're going to announce the winner on next week's show. Yes, we are absolutely. So um, that'll go up sometime next Monday or Tuesday, Monday yep. night, hopefully, and uh, you'll know then. Groovy. We will also contact you via Twitter um, as the winner. Make sense? Yes. <laughs> I swear we're not making this up as we go along. <laughs> yeah. Um, folks, we're going to get caught up on listener feedback next week, uh, but let's maybe just take a look if there's any five-star iTunes reviews this uh, there week. There is one five-star review in the U.S. store, and I'm going to see if I can pull it up here. Uh, in the U.S. store, a great listen by Byron Emerson. Uh, listening is like sitting around shooting the breeze with the fellas. Informative and entertaining. It's a good listen for fans of the books, like me, and those awaiting the TV series, also like myself. Oh, and the guys are very well-spoken. Great stuff. Thank you, Byron. Okay. When am I going to buy wellspoken.com? That's a good idea. It's probably, probably taken. Should, yeah. Already taken. No doubt. 
Well, uh, thank you. Who was that again? That was By- Byron Emerson. Thank you, Byron Emerson. It's uh, glad to hear that you're listening, and thanks for the nice comments. Absolutely. Um, yeah, as I said, we'll get caught up on listener feedback next week. We do have a few uh, few emails and phone calls to to go through. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, if you want to contact us, please do so at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or tell the people where they can follow us on Twitter in case they forgot already. Uh, Talking Dead. Very good. Uh, Five-star iTunes reviews are fantastic. And, of course, if you want to call us, you can do so at 206 202 1568. That's probably our favorite way of getting feedback. I love it. Phone calls are great. Love that phone number that doesn't spell anything. Yeah, I know. Maybe someday we'll upgrade and get a toll-free number. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm wishful thinking there. We'll 1-800 uh, and not spell anything either. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll make sure that one spells something if I can. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Um, until then... Enjoy your week. I said I said week too much. Until then, enjoy your life. Does that enjoy your life till next week? Yeah. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Talking Dead is a proud member of the Walking Dead Podcast Network. Find out more about all the shows at forumforgeeks.com.